What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Today's halftime snack features a former Division I tennis player who runs a fantastic branding company. Originally from Germany, but joining the show from Nebraska, is a self-taught entrepreneur who's obsessed with helping college athletes with tools for storytelling, networking, and monetization. This is why he's the CEO and founder of FanWord, a platform that is helping college athletes to build, monetize, and protect their brand. This man accepted our invitation to the show with zero hesitation, and I'm sure we're all going to learn so much from him. Buckle up for today's halftime snack with the one and only Christopher Oh, Mueller. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> What's up, Christopher? How are you, man? Fantastic. Never had an intro like this. I mean, uh, well done. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Halftime Snacks, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. I want to kick off our conversation with a icebreaker. And I want to know, what is your favorite sports-related movie, man? Oh, boy. Um, on top of my head, I probably would say Moneyball. Um watched that one handful of times and and you know always find it very very insightful and, and inspiring to a degree so but i also actually at this point now that i think about it, i have to list um balls out gary the tennis coach um not a lot of people probably have heard of that movie but the right one of the writers is a, is a friend of mine and um a lot about a lot of the movie is actually about uh my head coach from nebraska so there were you know a ton of similarities and it's just a blast watching that movie and knowing um you know my head coach personally and seeing those parallels so um if you haven't seen that movie go check it out we have so so many things to learn from that but also so many things from to learn from you chris um man I'm so excited to have you on the show we're going to be talking about your story your background uh what brought you into like collegiate sports what uh made you start fan word we're going to talk about all that but first of all i want to talk about uh, this topic that is super trending at the moment uh, you know naming image likeness in college sports it's all over the news it's happening everywhere so how about you just kick off the conversation by explaining us what is that very basic term why is it important and why exactly is it trending right now sure yeah happy to so i mean NIL stands for for name, image, and likeness, and and in a nutshell, what it what it means is that student athletes can can now really for the first time ever monetize their name, image, and likeness or their personal brand, really, if you like. And um, it's been in the making for for you know I think roughly two years ago, almost or a year and a half ago, was the first time we kind of heard conversations about this happening. Um, and then you know if you've been following the the whole topic for a while. There was a lot of back and forth and, and not a whole lot of clarity uh, really coming from from either federal government or the NCAA for that matter um, until really well recently. And then states started to Florida was the first state um, to kind of enact a, a state law that would allow student athletes to well monetize their name, image and likeness. And then several states followed. Um, many, many states have followed by now. The NCAA came up now with an with an interim policy and, and you know, 
pretty much as of July 1st, uh, so roughly like a week and a half ago, uh, student athletes all over the country can, can monetize their personal brands. And as you can imagine, it just kind of revolutionizes the space. Um, it's a completely new era. Um, lots of, you know, uncertainty, lots of questions, lots of gray area, lots of, you know, opportunity and excitement as well, obviously. Um, so yeah, super stoked about what's going on in the space. And yeah, it's going to be going to be exciting to see how it all plays out over the next couple of months and in a year. For you as a as a former tennis player, as an athlete at one of the most, you know, highest levels before pro, how, how does that feel in terms of like not being able to, to, you know, monetize your brand or get your name out there or, you know, get involved with different like brands or projects? Mm -hmm. How does that feel? Is it really like limiting everyone or is it not really that like everyone gets chances because like if if i think about college athletes like i think about you know zion or you know the big ones like the the most popular ones before mm -hmm. they go pro but i wonder if like at every at every level there's there's opportunities and and to to monetize nil mm -hmm. and and so this one really opens up the door mm -hmm. for everyone or is it more more about you know the highest you know, the best performing athletes. What What are your thoughts about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have a very, very strong opinion on this. And and ever since NIL became a, a topic of interest, we've been advocating for this from the get-go. Like, we were pretty loud about, you know, NIL not just going to impact, you know, football and basketball players at a Power 5 school. And um, the media, obviously, you know, when, when, when things became a little bit more interesting, it, it's just more, 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 more sexy, right, to talk about, um, hey, you know, Trevor Lawrence could make, you know, $500,000 if NIL rules were um, enforced today or, you know, so it, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a headline that grabs a little bit more attention and saying, hey, every athlete can make $10 or $20, right? Um, but long story short, I think what, what people need to understand is that, sure, will you see um, a tennis player at a Division II school uh, sign a $100,000 endorsement deal? Probably not, right? But there's there so much more to NIL than just, you know, again, e even just endorsement opportunities in general, right? I mean, they're, 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 you can give private lessons and cams and clinics and you can start your own companies. You can, you know, go on Cameo and sell, you know, personalized video shout outs. So people that, you know, I'm making stuff up here right now, but if you're a great singer or, or you know, into poetry or, or whatever, you can, you can monetize those skills, right? Um, you can partner with brands if you're like have a passion for some sort of a niche area. And maybe that doesn't result in those high, you know, um, revenue numbers. But if you, if we can help athletes, for instance, make a couple hundred bucks each year or, or, you know, a few thousand each year, or even if they just get some free products and services in exchange for, for some, you know, love and social media, those things are, are super noteworthy and, and important to talk about. So, so to answer your question, I 100% believe um, that NIL is for everyone. And it's just a matter of, of, you know, these athletes uh, doing it the right way and, and wanting to do it too. And um, sure, I mean, if you think once July 1st hit that, you know, hundreds of brands are going to hit you up, um, you're probably mistaken, right? I mean, nobody's going to hold your hand and do it for you. There's plenty of, you know, platforms out there that will help you. But at the end of the day, it's still up to you. And, and I'm 100% convinced that everybody can benefit from this. Yeah. You know that now that you're mentioning, I'm thinking that this is this is also a big step for brands that are not you know 
as big as you know Nike or Gatorade or you know super huge brands. Course, yeah. Why the reason why and this is what I'm thinking. Tell me if I'm wrong, but you correct me because you're the one that knows. But but let's suppose that you're a small brand that you can only only work with you know small ad athlete. That gives you a chance to make asymmetric bets. And what I mean is that you can bet on people that might you know eventually break out and be very very successful and become you know the next tom brady for instance tom brady was drafted i don't remember yep. what round right and he was like he's the goat so yep. so this is your chance to really yep. bet or get involved with with uh players mm -hmm. that are not as big as as of now that has the, have the potential yep. right you can bet on potential and so that that's something that you couldn't do before and now you can so this is really of an opportunity also for brands not only for athletes to get involved with 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 these players that will bring more um, exposure for them later in their careers, if that makes any sense. 100%, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, in general, I mean, if you look at professional athletes, you may have like like 5,000 and you have roughly, you know, 500,000 student athletes, right? And um, sure, there, there's one way to look at it is, you know, work with somebody early now who doesn't have maybe that star potential yet right obviously also in terms of price points you pay a lot less now for for a, you know college tom brady than for a professional tom brady right um but even if it's you know not going to be somebody that, that that's going to explode like you you have the ability to work with because it's such a huge pool of, of folks right you can work with i'm making stuff up right now again but if you're a local brand and you 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 partner with five student athlete from from the university in your town that all have 2000 3000 followers for instance or have some sort of affiliation to to you know the city and the, and the, and the, you know maybe even the brand in some capacity um, that is so valuable and you don't have to pay huge amounts of money for for collaborating with them a lot of those folks probably might work with you for 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 some free products and services so you don't have to pay for agents at this point. You don't really have to pay for, like you, when you catch these, these student athletes at an earlier stage in their careers, they're a lot more affordable is really what it comes down to. And um, yeah, to your point, certainly the opportunity to get in early with somebody who you think might explode over the next couple of years. And there's plenty of stories, right? Obviously in college sports. and But even if they don't make you know the spotlight after college um, and maybe turn professional, still so much opportunity, particularly for local brands that may not have the, you know, marketing budget to to work with a with a professional athlete, but um, athletes in general are the best influencers. Um, they have more engagement, higher engagement rates, and and every city has a university, and these athletes are often a star in in, in these cities or or even in their hometown. So yes, it just opens up so much marketing potential for smaller local brands as one hundred percent. Yeah. So many takeaways. Thank you for sharing that, Christoph. Um, what is the story, man, of Fanworth? What, what, how do you came up with it? Was it an experience of yours that made you, you know, realize there's an issue, there's a problem, there's an opportunity? And what are the specific products and services? I know that you have Fanworth Coach, and I, I know that you you kind of like educate people around around NIL. So just give us a little bit of an outlook of what it is that you offer and how it is divided and if, who is this for? Yep, happy to, no, of course. So um, yeah, as you mentioned already at the beginning, I was a tennis player for the Huskers and um, the idea for Fanboard actually came from my time as an athlete. Um, I just happened to know so many friends and, and, and you know other teams and sports that 
did phenomenal things and 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 I felt like they deserved a little bit more of the recognition and the spotlight than they actually got. And what I wanted to do was to figure out a way to help these again athletes and sports and teams that weren't always in the spotlight get a little bit more of that recognition I felt like they deserved. And that's really what sparked the idea behind FanWord. And at first, and we still do a lot of that, it's actually what we are probably mostly known for. Um, we pretty much um, offered, if you're familiar with the Players' Tribune, uh, picture that as a service to schools. So we partner with athletic departments. Um, we call that product FanWord Stories. We partner with athletic departments and we pretty much create a site um, and, and these, these powerful and unique stories about their athletes, their coaches, their alumni. And we put it all on this site and really try to humanize the brand, really try to humanize these athletes and, and give fans an opportunity to get to know them from a whole different level. So um, that's really what we, I guess, as a company became known for. And we do that for you know, literally schools at every level from, from, from an Alabama and a Nebraska and an SMU to you know, mid-major D1 schools like a Liberty or a Presbyterian College or an Oakland or, um, you know, plenty of schools on, on that front. And then um, once NIL became a thing, we started reaching out to our partners and, 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 you know, other athletic departments and just got a feel for what it is that they need. And then FanWord Coach is kind of the result of all of this, which is essentially an NIL education and compliance product. So we work with athletic departments um, help educate their student athletes, you know, what they can do, what they can't do, how to build their personal brands, um, tax implications, financial literacy, um, how to interpret contracts, uh, podcasting, gaming, like literally anything you could possibly think of. And we also help compliance staff kind of, um, you know, with the, with the deal monitoring and, and tracking because they have to, they're, they're required to um, pretty much manage it themselves at this point. So, um, that's all part of FanWord Coach. So technically, to, to answer your question, we really have two business units, I guess, for the lack of a better word. One is specifically geared towards athletic departments, and that is FanWord Stories and FanWord Coach, right, as two separate products. And then the other unit is more geared towards brands and really helping them kind of navigate this space and execute campaigns um, and, and really kind of consult also on you know, just the, the, the student athlete side of things and how they can work with student athletes and, and what they need to pay attention to, you know, want to make the wrong type of headlines and, you know, get a student athlete in trouble because he or she forgets to, you know, submit their NAL activity. So just kind of, you know, it, it's a different market than professional, you know, athletes. And um, so we just help these brands kind of navigate that space as well and, and, and execute really these campaigns. So, yeah, long story short, um, those are really the kind of two big units, I would say, yeah. And in what ways do you expect the new rules for NIL to benefit or affect your business model or your business models? Yeah, I, I honestly think not, not too much. I really think we, we were well positioned with FanWord Stories already, um, which we kind of back in the day pitched a little bit more as a, you know, hey, just fan engagement, uh, you know, kind of deal. Um, get your get your fans more and more engaged and, and become make them become more, more loyal fans and use it for sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera, um, which all obviously still applies. But now we just add another layer of helping your athletes, you know, build their brands and really get their story told, um, which they can then leverage for for monetization. And, and, and I also opens up so many more stories to tell. Right. I mean, you can now tell stories of athletes uh, launching their own companies or launching their own podcasts or 
um, what it was like to to learn from some of the best in the business um, and what it meant to them, right? You, you, there are just so many stories you can tell. Like we always say, you know, athletes don't just have like like that saying everyone has a story. We kind of we kind of you know not hate it, but we completely disagree. We we just we always say um, every athlete has thousands of stories, right? And it's just a matter of of telling the right ones and and picking the right ones. So um, that you know. NIL is just kind of amplifying, I think, the need for that. And then obviously what we currently do, the education and compliance side of things, in, in full transparency, I think that is that that might have a you know a timeline or, or, or a deadline, I guess. I say that product because at some point every school will have something in place to monitor these activities to educate student athletes. By far not there yet. Um, so there's there's plenty of opportunity there. But we're already, uh, I think one of the cool things about NIL, NIL there's so much opportunity and, and we get approached by individual athletes and brands reach out and, and you know, we, we have to kind of navigate it the right way ourselves and, and stay focused on, on, you know, what we know best. But to answer your question, I think, you know, Fanwood Stories continues to be a big one. Now Fanwood Coach certainly is going to be, you know, it's really solving a big problem. Um, and then, you know, there, there are plenty of other things in the making already, but it's all going to be geared towards, you know, helping these student athletes build, protect and monetize their brands. And whether that's direct to, to athletes at some point or, um, you know, a separate product or, you know, if we bring it all together under one umbrella, like time will tell. I think, you know, we're, we're amongst the first movers and as a first mover in any industry, um, you will have to adjust eventually. And for now, you're, you know, we're, we're pretty excited with where we're at, but um, we'll see how things evolve. Like um, we think we're in a good position and, and, and certainly on the right track right now. So let me, let me distill and tell me if I'm wrong, just to make it clear for everyone listening. So we have Fanworth um, Coach and we have Fanworth Stories. Both are mm -hmm. directed services for athlete departments or athletes themselves. Yep. What, like who do you serve directly? You serve the athletes? or Athletic departments, yep. We, we currently don't serve anything or offer anything directly to athletes. Um, okay. Again, we get approached by a lot, meaning we, we think about um, possibly adding some services there, but for now it's all geared towards um, athletic departments, yep. So it's like a B2B kind of service. Yep, exactly. Yep. And then you also have a fan word for brands, which is also B2B and is where you yep. kind of like help brands, you know, do things right with, with, with their yep. sponsorships and collaborations. Yep, with student athlete campaigns. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Any idea for a future product for B2C, uh, something that mm -hmm. you work directly with the athletes or not, not in the, yeah. in the books? I mean, again, like there's there's a lot that we're working on. To be honest with you, in the background, I'm not sure you know we need to share so too much us, about drop it. Us, drop us, drop it right what's now. What's hot, but, man? Drop but, it. What is hot? <laughs> all right, no, we'll, we'll, let, let, let's drop that for now because we really we don't want to you know spread anything and then you know it just doesn't happen or whatever. But let me let me. I mean, again, there's there's a lot of opportunity and it's always great when you get approached and asked for a service that you can provide and just currently maybe aren't. Um, to really think about, you know, adding that to, to your portfolio. But at the same time, we don't want to go into like a thousand different directions, right? So it has to align right. with who we are, what we stand for and what, we, what we're good at. Um, but yeah, there, there's a few things in the making and one we'll, we'll be sure in the next couple of months, there's maybe something else coming out. Yeah. Super exciting. Super exciting, yeah. Chris. Um, Thanks. Okay, for, for all the athletes listening and uh, the episode and they are wondering like, 
okay, so I don't know anything about brand management. I don't know what to do with my own brand. What is some advice that you say that you would say that is very common in the industry that you disagree with? Or what is some advice that you think athletes shouldn't follow? What is where are some myths in brand management um, for athletes that you disagree with and why just how they should think about and how they shouldn't think about building their brands? It's something that we actually talk about a lot right now. Um, one of the big flaws that we see right now is that student athletes, I think they're skipping the most important step a little bit um, and all they're trying to, to, or I shouldn't even phrase it maybe that way, but but we see a lot of athletes kind of only thinking about the, the dollar sign. Um, they see an opportunity, they see these early opportunities with brands to get involved with these brands and they just want to jump in on it, make a couple bucks here, make a couple bucks there um and you know really take advantage of these rules and we really urge athletes student athletes i should say to really take a step back um and and you know really think about first and foremost what kind of brand they want to build who they are um and really kind of come up with a plan because the last thing you want to do and we see a lot of that already happening athletes just randomly posting you know hey you know i signed an endorsement deal with with x and and this is their product and it's just no brand fit and you can tell they only did it to make 20 bucks right um so their audience is not going to 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 buy in um meaning there's no value for the brand the brand probably you know a lot of brands do it for the pr right now just to be amongst the first but long story short when other brands will approach you next couple of months and years they will look at your your partnerships that you've done in the past. And if they see, you know, you just pretty much saying yes to any product, they know, at least a lot of the brands will know, all right, there's not going to be a whole lot of value because he just takes, there, there's no authenticity, right? So they're lacking this authentic uh, brand fit, which, which, you know, has a lot of impact on the results of a campaign. So in general, like, I think the messaging right now, a lot is about, oh, you got to post, or you got to jump in on these opportunities now that they're available, et cetera, et cetera. And they always kind of skip that or you, you got to be on TikTok um, and, and they kind of skip, you know, the most important one, which once again is really just coming up with a plan for yourself um, and, and really understand the type of brand you want to build and, and who do you want to work with? Uh, what do you stand for? What are you passionate about? What does your audience like? Why do they follow you? Um, and really then, you know, based on those insights, understand the type of brands you should partner with the type of activities you should take advantage of and really it's just you, you don't want to like you don't want to do anything that that gets your audience you know upset or pissed off because you um you know just do it for a quick buck a lot of these these athletes also just kind of don't read the fine print right now and a lot of these deals and they just give away their rights for you know like infinity for a couple of bucks um and, and, and just in general, like, I, again, I think if I have to summarize this, like, don't rush it, like, take your time, really understand, once again, I know I'm repeating myself, the type of brand you want to build, who you are, what you're passionate about, what you stand for, and then go from there. Like, NIL is not going anywhere, and it's perfectly okay if you didn't strike a deal in the first nine days. Perfectly okay. NIL is here to stay. It'll be here in years to come. So, you know, that's probably the biggest you know, thing I would say to that question. I know I kind of rephrased it a little bit or approached it from a different angle, but hopefully um, that still works. Yeah. No, I, I think I agree with you, you know, not rushing 
and preparing a plan is probably one of the first advice they give you in in the military right you're never going to war without a plan so think about it same way probably a little bit extreme with my example over here but uh <laughs> kind of gets the point through uh in your experience the most athletes yeah. need um need someone to explain them how it works or most athletes like kind of like get it or as long as long as they are in socials and see what everyone else is doing kind of like get their idea of where they stand or what do you think like do you think like consultants outside consultants or man i don't even know how to say it like managers are the ones that are supposed to be knowing about this and explaining their athletes or athletes or is there anything any book that athletes should go and read or any type of other content that you suggest those athletes to to go and look for to learn and and understand more about it or just better if mm -hmm. you go and assess yourself with a professional company or someone like you like what do you suggest uh, i think there, there's two things you should you, you need to think about first of all is the when it comes to if you're a student athlete there's an like there's brand building right which sure you can learn from from experts you can you can learn from from books you can learn from just google research you can learn from from others right and then there's the the, the compliance side the protective side right now like there are things you have to do to not lose eligibility, to not run into any sort of compliance risks. Um, you have to educate yourself about this, and that is school's responsibility at this point, right? Whether the schools do it themselves or partner with a company like us to make, you know, to, to enforce that. Um, we're not trying to say everybody needs to partner with us, right? But, you know, that's what we do, right? We, we try to help on that front. On the brand building side, same thing, right? We also help with that, right? But at the same time, there are resources out there and, and, and you know, that, that athletes can look up themselves. And we actually encourage them to do that, right? I mean, what we tell them is not going to be meant as everything you will ever need to know will tell you, right? I mean, we encourage them. We actually refer to certain resources out there and people to follow and, and people to look into um, to do that. Because, I mean, the best way to learn it is to learn it yourself, right? To do it yourself. Um, but at the same time, once again, I, and I really want to emphasize this when it comes to student athletes, there's more to just, you know, building your brand and, and making money. Like you have to protect yourself first and foremost. And that is something that you probably, you might understand some of the rules, but you have to understand, you know, state laws, NCAA law, um, you have to understand uh, your school's internal policy. Um, so there are things you probably need to educate yourself on by, by having folks talk to you about it. Um, and I think most student athletes should, you know, work with their coaches, work with their athletic department um, on answering some of these questions, whether it's pertaining to, to brand building or to uh, compliance and whether those schools then have a partner like us um, or try to manage it in house, um, you know, that's obviously up to them, but um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a combination of both, to be honest with you man i do want to come back to this this conversation in a year's time and sit mm -hmm. down together with you to see what's changed what has uh what has grown what's different uh, i think that since we're really at the beginning mm -hmm. and things are going to move so fast and you're going to see so many new different types of companies technologies and partnerships being made during, yeah. during you know the next couple of months so i think it's going to be fascinating to see where fan is going to be then uh, so I'm going to just 
write it down in my agenda right after <laughs> we finish eating this super delicious snack um christoph but i can't i can't really leave without uh, asking you a more personal question this okay. is just you know to to get more of like your spirit and who you who you are who you see yourself as so uh, let's suppose that you know the year is 2050 that's uh about 30 years from now what what do you see yourself doing what do you see where do you see yourself what's happening you know around you what what are you where who you who you dealing with who you're talking with what so what's up with you in 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 30 years christopher <laughs> um lots of gray hair that's for sure um given the entrepreneurial route so far but um no i i genuinely think that um this is where I excel in. Like I, I've always had an entrepreneurial plug my whole life. Um, even as a 16 year old, when I, I launched a, a graphic design a discussion board, I'm a self-taught graphic designer and I launched a graphic design discussion board back home in Germany. And uh, we grew it to like the, the, the third largest in the country with over 13,000 members. So I've always had kind of this entrepreneurial plug and I really feel fulfillment in work um, and career. And um, obviously, you know, there were plenty of uh, roadblocks along the way already and then pivots and, and all that, which I think is just a normal agenda for, for an entrepreneur. But I'm in an industry that I, I don't think there's anything out there that I'm more passionate about, that I feel more, I mean, shouldn't say more qualified for because there are other areas that I like to think I, I know my stuff. But um, college sports, student athletes kind of, you know, entirely changed my life. Um, And it's just really something that I see myself do for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. Um, in a perfect world, this is with FanWord. Um, and, you know, just because, again, this is not people start businesses for all sorts of reasons. Some do it for, you know, they see an opportunity. They just want to make money. Um, some do it out of passion, um, which is, you know, what my case was. Um, and just really, you know, seeing like if we can help these athletes, you know, with that, you know, navigate this space and, and, and you know, make money, tell their stories um, and, and, you know, help all these different players in the industry. It's such a huge reward. And, and, and um, so as, as lame as it sounds, um, <laughs> in a perfect world, I see myself do what we do today, um, you know, helping athletes, helping athletic departments, helping brands in the college sports space, um, you know, telling stories, building brands. 2050, I'm still hopefully CNO and founder of Fanworth. Man, it's so inspiring to hear you talk about it. That you, we can hear your passion and your devotion towards it, man. And that is really contagious and inspiring. I thank you so much for sharing, Chris. Man, I want to thank you so much for coming to the Halftime Snacks. It has been a pleasure to host you, man. It has been a fun experience. And man, you 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 have so many things in your head that, you know, bringing them into into a podcast format is is. It's a quite quite an experience and I appreciate you coming and sharing with us everything that you that you did share. And man, looking forward for our discussion in a year's time and also in 2050, man. We're gonna be talking about this again. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.